Hello and welcome to Truth in Journalism, a radio broadcast dedicated to applying the Word of God to current events. Well, today on Truth in Journalism, we're going to talk about consequences. Our article today has been ruthlessly edited for length. I highly recommend reading the entire article. It's from David Sirota and Julia Rock from the Daily Poster and is entitled, Biden Administration May Shield Bank Linked to Russian Oligarchs. Labor Department proposal would waive penalty for convicted bank Credit Suisse, whose donors gave more than $100,000 to Biden's campaign. As Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine has sparked demands for a financial crackdown on dictators and their oligarch networks, the Biden administration is proposing to waive punishments for a scandal-ridden bank amid revelations that it has been providing resources to autocrats and their financial cronies, reportedly including Russian oligarchs that the Biden administration is promising to target. The administration's proposed waiver for the global investment bank Credit Suisse, whose donors delivered more than $100,000 to President Biden's campaign, could shield a bank linked to those oligarchs as the war in Ukraine rages. After Biden's last night used uh, his State of the Union address to promise a crackdown. We are joining with our European allies to find and seize your yachts, your luxury apartments, your private jets, he declared. We are coming for your ill-begotten gains. Lawmakers in the European Parliament are considering adding Switzerland's financial sector to a dirty money blacklist in response to the new revelations about Credit Suisse. Two Senate Democrats have asked the Biden administration to withdraw its waiver proposal. Whether or not the administration now heeds that call will test whether the Ukraine conflict is prompting a more antagonistic regulatory posture toward financial institutions that have enabled oligarchs from rogue nations. In light of previous convictions, the bank is required to obtain a waiver in order to retain an investment classification that allows it to continue managing and profiting from American workers' retirement savings. Since then, new reporting has alleged that Credit Suisse has aided criminals and financed the luxury assets of oligarchs, raising additional questions about the Biden administration's proposal to let the bank off the hook. Meanwhile, in late February, a leak of the account information of more than 18,000 Credit Suisse clients revealed that the bank has been managing money for, quote, clients involved in torture, drug trafficking, money laundering, corruption, and other serious crimes, end quote, according to reporting by The Guardian. Credit Suisse's misconduct prosecuted over the years should have disqualified it from pension and investment management privileges supposedly reserved only for good actors, said Bartlett Naylor of the watchdog group Public Citizen, which criticized the bank's first waiver in 2015. Now, details of its rogues list of tax evaders sharpens the case. When Credit Suisse pleaded guilty to fraud last year, it risked losing its status as a Qualified Professional Asset Manager, or QPAM a required classification for banks to manage and profit from the lucrative retirement fund industry. When QPAM was originally created 40 years ago, lawmakers included a major stipulation for banks seeking the designation. They must avoid felony convictions. While that isn't an especially high bar, Credit Suisse has struggled to meet it. In 2014, when the Justice Department found that Credit Suisse had aided its clients in dodging tax enforcement by falsifying documents for them or helping them hide assets in offshore accounts, Credit Suisse found itself on the verge of losing its QPAM status. But the Obama Labor Department let the bank off the hook. Despite protests from financial watchdogs and lawmakers, including Representative Maxine Waters, Democrat California, the Obama administration granted Credit Suisse a waiver, allowing the bank to retain its QPAM status. After Tom Perez, an Obama labor secretary, issued the original waiver for Credit Suisse and then became chairman of the Democrat National Committee, 
the bank's donors received more than a million dollars worth of donations to Democrat politicians and groups. Perez is now running for Maryland governor and has vacuumed up more than $200,000 of campaign donations from the financial sector, according to data compiled by the National Institute for Money and Politics. The Labor Department under Obama did deny a handful of requested waivers, but those denials were the exception rather than the rule. Between 1997 and 2014, the department granted waivers to all 23 firms that sought them, according to reporting from pensions and investments. According to data from Open Secrets, Credit Suisse's employees gave more than $117,000 to Biden's 2020 campaign, and employees of the law firm representing Credit Suisse, Steptoe & Johnson, contributed nearly $140,000 to Biden in the 2020 cycle. For its part, Credit Suisse has argued that the parts of the bank found to be involved in fraud and conspiracy are separate from those managing worker retirement funds, and that regulators should not punish one part of the bank for the crimes in another part of the bank. Again, this article was far too long to read on air, but it was very good and very informative, and you ought to go to thedailyposter.com and read it in its entirety. Now, here's the funny thing. The Poster came out with this article over two weeks ago. Now, I'm not addicted to the news, but I do know the broad strokes of what's happening in politics, and I haven't heard boo about this. I mean, I've heard about the $59 donation to Tulsi Gabbard, but I haven't heard about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that Joe Biden has received from Credit Suisse. I haven't heard anything about Credit Suisse, at least not from the major media. It was Russell Brand. Yes, Russell Brand, the eccentric British comedian and actor. He's the one I heard about this from. The UK Guardian had done some good work in the UK Independent, too, but I haven't heard much from the American media. I wonder why that is. Could it be that this story just isn't big news right now? Maybe. But it's big enough for them to report about it in the UK. It's important enough for Senator Warren to comment on. It's important enough in Switzerland, where this is a major story. But look, I know that nobody can follow every piece of news. And with World War III looming, maybe this isn't the most important story. And so maybe it's okay that we're not paying the closest attention. Maybe there's no politicking involved in this. Maybe. But what's not up for debate seems to be the fact that uh, Credit Suisse is acting very much like a stereotypical Swiss bank. Lots of secrecy and silence and not given a care where the money came from, what it's being used for or what it will be used for. More than that, apparently Credit Suisse was actively helping clients commit fraud and they've admitted it. Again, I like how Russell Brand described the QPAM qualifications. He notes that banks are required to avoid felony convictions. I mean, you can commit felonies, and you can even be convicted of them sometimes. The important thing is that you avoid them. I mean, friends, the level of corruption we tolerate from the rich and powerful is actually hysterical. It's it, We've achieved what literary theorists have wanted for, for all of time. Like we, We've somehow found a way to combine tragedy and comedy, and it turns out that, that Shakespeare was right. The, the way to fuse tragedy and comedy is through history, right? I, I think when we look at the big banks and government regulation, it really proves that, there is, that history is the fusion of comedy and tragedy. Now, it would be easy for me to point out that Joe Biden and the, the DNC has received lots and lots of money from Credit Suisse and that therefore Biden and the DNC are as crooked as the day is long. And I think that's true. But friends, I don't think the RNC is any better. I don't think the Republicans in Congress or the Republicans in the Senate are any better. Why is nobody in government, again, with the exception of Elizabeth Warren and Tina Smith, trying to stop Credit Suisse from getting a waiver? Why do these big banks get waivers seemingly every time they apply for them? And this isn't just under Clinton, Obama, and Biden. Bush and Trump oversaw waivers as well. So why? Well, 
One answer is that the rules are very stringent and there's a recognition that one bad apple shouldn't ruin the whole bunch. And that's true. That that's If a major bank holding billions in retirement assets has one bad actor in the company or does business with one bad actor, the bank risks losing its QPAM status, which is by itself a waiver. QPAM is its own waiver. It's already, it, that's what it is. Qualified professional asset management, that designation is a waiver that protects banks from prosecution under another set of laws. Normally, to handle other people's money, you have to watch out for conflicts of interest. But under QPAM, you can have a waiver and so that you don't have to worry so much about conflicts of interest because the government recognizes that you manage so much money for so many people that you can't be expected to avoid conflicts of interest all the time. So QPAM is already the ability to do what normal people can't do. I can't manage your money and have a conflict of interest. That either is or at least borders on fraud. But big banks and fancy investors with QPAM status, they can. So just to clarify, we give these major banks and investment firms and venture capital guys the right to violate laws because they're so big that they can't avoid breaking the laws because they manage so much money for so many people. I mean, okay, maybe we need to either change the laws or revoke the QPAM thing. I don't know. Just seems a bit odd to me, but moving on. Now, you can be a QPAM, a Qualified Professional Asset Manager, and violate the ERISA, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, E-R-I-S-I. That, that's, that's what you get. When you're a QPAM, you can break that law. But the government will only allow you to break that law if you promise to avoid breaking other laws. I mean, not, not, not so stringent that you can't commit any felonies. I mean, you can. that would be ridiculous. How are people supposed to get about their day if they can't commit felonies? No, 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 no. You can, you can actually commit most felonies, but you need to avoid felonies that are tied to finance. Otherwise, you risk, you won't necessarily lose, but you risk losing your QPAM status. Remember, that's the special waiver that allows you to break other laws. And shockingly, many of these big banks can't seem to avoid committing the bad kind of felonies. Well, not even that. They seem to be unable to avoid the bad kind of felony convictions. I mean, look at the laundry list of felonies that Credit Suisse is a party to. Drug dealing, torture, tax evasion. But hey, I mean, they're too big to fail, right? I mean, if they lose their QPAM status, then a lot of people's retirement plans will be harmed. That's their argument. Seriously, that's their argument. Let me let me walk you through the logic of their lawyers. Yes, yes, Credit Suisse has been involved in actively helping clients evade taxes, commit fraud, and is provided a financial haven for drug dealers and torturers and may actively be helping Russian oligarchs avoid asset seizure and prosecution. But if my clients lose their QPAM status, lots of investors will be harmed. I mean, by that logic, the government should never take action against any organization that provides financial services. According to a recent leak, Credit Suisse has been aiding over 18,000 clients in fraud, corruption, money laundering, drug trafficking, torture, and, quote, other serious crimes, end quote. But hey, those tens of thousands of criminal clients Credit Suisse knowingly abetted in what probably amounts to a series of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of acts of financial crime or regulatory violations. These are the kinds of things that we need to ignore so that ordinary people aren't harmed. Thank God for these good-hearted lawyers for Credit Suisse who are just so concerned with the little guys. As a little guy. I'm saying this as a little guy. Because what really matters to these lawyers and to Credit Suisse, I mean, that's what matters. Think of think of some fund manager for Credit Suisse. And he's on the stand. You know, he's being prosecuted for being an accomplice after the fact of drug trafficking and torture. And the prosecutor asks... Uh, 
Monsieur, is it not true that you were only out there to get richer and you didn't care who got hurt and therefore you flouted financial laws and regulations? And poor old Frenchy McGerman Switzer, he's, he's on the stand and he's crying, No, no, monsieur, I only did it to help the little guy. We had to be a party to all these felonies so we could have a big enough asset pool to help lower middle class people's retirement accounts. I did it for you. Oh, I did it because I love you. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, like that's what's really important. It's like if George Bailey was a scumbag money launderer, you know? Oh, that human trafficking money, it isn't here, it's in the Global Clinton Initiative. And El Chapo, your drug money isn't here, it's in Vladimir's yacht. <laughs> I mean, it's it, this is we're living in, in a crazy world. Their logic is that the, these regulations that are designed to protect investors from fraud should be ignored so that the investors aren't harmed. What's the point of any regulation for asset managers? The entire point is to protect the assets and protect the investors from fraud. They commit fraud and then we're supposed to not like not take away their ability to invest with these people. It's 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 mind boggling. Again, let me return to the point because there is a point. Why haven't we heard about this? The DNC got over a million dollars from these guys after Obama let them off the hook. Why aren't the Republicans howling about this? Why aren't they banging the drums on this all day, every day? Because they're in on it too. Washington runs on dirty money. And what will they do if enough people start making noise? Well, they'll do what they always do. They'll propose some phony baloney campaign finance reform bill or create some new committee or federal agency. And all it will be is another runaround at best or a pork barrel money pit, more likely. The solution is not regulations. These crooks will always find a way around regulations. First, because they help write the regulations. Second, because this is literally all they do every day is is these guys try to find ways to skirt the law and break it without getting caught when they can't make as much money just skirting it. Friends, these people invent ways of doing evil. And if worse comes to worse, they'll just buy off a judge or a jury. Fraud, corruption, bribery, this is why dirty money controls our system. And I'm not against better regulations, but they won't solve the problem. There is only one solution, and that is to have Christ-fearing men who hate dishonest gain in our government. Men who fear God, who love righteousness and hate wickedness. We need men like that in our government. And we won't have men like that in our government until we have men like that in our society. We need a godly society that produces godly citizens. Only a godly citizenry will resist corruption. Only a godly citizenry will be able to produce a functioning government which produces justice. We need revival. We need a government full of men and women who love Jesus Christ, who fear him and who will obey him and who despise and hate corruption. That's what we ought to be praying for. I hope and pray we will. And I hope you'll join us again next time for another exciting episode of Truth and Journalism. Thank you. And may God bless your day to his glory.